Sunday, March 29th. We begin with prayer, and in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, in this time of anxiety, fear, and isolation, we come to you for support, encouragement, and direction. We lay our worried minds and troubled souls before you and in your care. We are mindful of the words of the psalmist. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Today, we ask that you be close to those who are afflicted and those who have lost loved ones due to the coronavirus. We ask that you be with them and us in these uncertain times. Help calm our minds and souls. May your peace that surpasses all comprehension guard our hearts and minds. We confess that at times we allow fear, not faith, to overtake us. We have not loved you, O Lord. We have not loved our neighbor with our words and deeds. Dear Lord, <clears throat> aid us in our love and compassion of those who live next door and those who live on the other side of town. God of compassion and grace, we cling to your word and your presence in our homes, our church, and community. Just as Jesus visited towns and villages to cure the sick and infirm, we place our faith and hope in your healing power. May your divine love come down upon us and our world to end the spread of this pandemic. Strengthen those who are ill and uplift the downtrodden. Heal the sick and comfort the lowly this day. Carry in care those who are abroad and return our loved ones home safely. For our leaders, O Lord, we ask that your great wisdom may be instilled in them <clears throat> as our nation and local leaders seek protection and safety for the public. Help guide their decisions and actions. We pray for the leaders of every nation. May each country receive every human resource and divine resource to combat this great ill. Great physician, may your hand be upon every doctor, nurse, and healthcare worker as they care for the sick. Lift up and care for these men and women, risking and sometimes sacrificing their very lives for the public good. Guard and defend them against every harm. Lord Christ, you are our rock and salvation in distress, worry, and doubt. Just as the light shines bright upon sunrise, we pray your light of love and guidance shines bright in our hearts and minds. May we carry your light into the world which you love so deeply, so that we may be the bearers of your grace. Give us, eternal Father, your peace. May the words of the prophet Isaiah be true for us this day. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. A prayer from Alan Rudnick. <clears throat> Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message on this fifth Sunday in Lent <clears throat> is from the Old Testament reading for this fifth Sunday in Lent, uh, the book of uh, Ezekiel, chapter 37, the first 14 verses. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. 
It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? <clears throat> I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh <coughs> appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to them, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood upon their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, <clears throat> Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says, O my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. So far the reading. <clears throat> in the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, dear friends, When looking at these words from Ezekiel chapter 37 this morning, <clears throat> we see that these words talk about bones, which raises the question in our minds, where do these bones come from? And then God asks Ezekiel the ultimate question, can these bones live? The words of Ezekiel this morning describe a vision given to him by God a vision of a valley of dry bones. You almost get the picture of a huge field where a great battle must have been fought, and for some reason the bodies were never buried. They were left where they fell, only to decompose into a whole valley of dry human bones. What God was doing for Ezekiel was giving him a visual portrayal <clears throat> of the virtual death and then resurrection of a nation. Ezekiel prophesied for about 22 years to God's people, the Jews, who were captive in Babylon, modern-day Iraq. They were captive there for 70 years. They were there because they had turned their backs on God in the worship of false gods, immersing themselves in sexual perversion and child sacrifices. For several hundred of years, God sent his prophets to tell the people to repent or they would lose their homeland. But the people blew off the prophets, saying, it'll never happen. Well, it did. <clears throat> Jerusalem was destroyed, and they were led a thousand miles away for 70 years of captivity. 
In the middle of their captivity, God sent Ezekiel to a people in despair and hopelessness who thought they would never go home again to tell them that their virtually dead nation would be restored, as it were, to life again. And through God's forgiveness, he would bring them home, rebuild the temple and Jerusalem again. And they did. In the year 538 B.C., 50,000 people walked right out under the blessing of King Cyrus and headed home. The dead bones, the nation of Israel, lived again to be the nation that brought forth the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. Before their actual exodus from captivity, God gave Ezekiel this vision. And he asked him, can these bones live? Most people would answer that question by saying, absolutely not, because when you're dead, you're dead. But Ezekiel answered, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Ezekiel's answer to the question, can these bones live, was, God, you can do anything. If you want bones to live and move and come to life, you can do it. The bones rattled and came together, became covered with flesh again. God breathed into them life, and they stood up on their feet as a vast army. Which leads us to the question, where did the bones come from? Bones signify death. Bones with nothing on them indicate that someone died. Decomposition set in, and now all that remains are the bones. And if left alone long enough, even they decompose to dust. Where did the bones come from? God spoke to Adam in the Garden of Eden and said, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. And then after Adam and Eve disobeyed, God said, By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. God created life. God made man out of the dust of the earth. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. When man disobeyed, death entered the world. Because of man's disobedience to God, one consequence of that sin would be that one day man would die, and his body would decompose to bones and from bones to dust. Sin is what brought bones, death, into the world. Before sin, there was no death. St. Paul says, Romans chapter 5, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men because all sinned. Death is a result of sin. And no matter what people tell you today, death is not normal or natural. It is unnatural. Every time I have a funeral, I look at that body in the casket, and it is unnatural for that body to be lying there, still and breathless. God created us to live. God's divine design was to have body and soul tightly knitted together forever. But man's sin brought death into the world. 
But the question is, can these bones live? Can God bring life once again out of death? He can, and he does. As we talk about bones this morning, the really real subject of this Sunday is resurrection. God's miracle of bringing life from death. Reversing the results of man's mess up. From bones, life can come again. This morning, I'd like to talk about the miracle of life, a miracle only God can perform. As we talk about life from death, I don't know if you ever thought about it before, but for Christians, Christians have four lives, all miracles of God. Nothing you did, all done by the hand of God. Your first life began as a miracle of God. We'll call that your creation. At conception and birth, God knit you together in your mother's womb. At conception, God, God brought you into existence for the very first time. He gave you a mortal body and an eternal soul. The psalmist says, I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My frame, my bones were not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. Psalm 139. That was your creation, your first life, a miracle of God. But even though you had your first life, body and soul, when you were born, your soul was dead. It was cut off from God by sin, separated from his love by unbelief. Jesus, in his midnight conversation with Nicodemus, told him, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. And so it was through holy baptism that God brought you to faith in your Savior. Your soul became alive. You became a child of God. Now you were alive body and soul. Your second life began. We call that regeneration or rebirth or spiritual life. Only God can create life out of death. Someday, as a Christian, you'll experience your third life. My father is living his third life right now. So are my grandparents and my great-grandparents. Scripture says, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Solomon tells us in Ecclesiastes, And the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the Spirit returns to God who gave it. When a Christian dies, the body goes into his casket, and the casket goes into the ground, but the soul goes to live with Jesus in heaven until the last day of earth. At death, for a Christian... Soul and body separate. The book of Revelation calls that the first resurrection. That's your third life at home spiritually in heaven with Jesus. A life which is yours only through the miracle of faith given to you by the Holy Spirit. Spiritual life in heaven, a miracle of God. A day is coming when you will have your fourth life. Jesus will call us all from our graves on that day. 
We know that he has the power to do that. He already proved it when he shouted, Lazarus, come out! On the last day, your body and mine will be brought back from the dead, no matter if you were cremated, no matter if you were buried in a potter's field, no matter if you donated your organs to another person. Jesus said, For a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good will rise to live, and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. Your body will rise. Your body and soul together again will live in heaven with Jesus forever. Your fourth life, a miracle of God, life everlasting. Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes. So this morning, God asks us the question, can these bones live? And the answer is absolutely. As the epistle for today says, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. And St. Paul writes to the Philippians, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. You know, in this world in which we live, many times we complain, many times we're filled with worry and doubt. Every once in a while when I express my worry and doubt, one of my brothers tells me, get a life. How do you get a life? Some people don't have a clue. But God has given us the answer. How do you get a life? I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. So here we are. In the midst of life, we are in death. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.